If you've got a personal auto insurance question, you could talk to a cab driver. Although the policies he recommends might include avoiding the interstate, beating traffic by taking the back roads, and only making left turns when absolutely necessary. Or you could talk to your local GEICO agent, whose policy is to use their expertise to navigate your insurance, finding the best route to help you save money on insurance for your home, car, and more. And as an added bonus, you'll be able to avoid traffic jams and potholes entirely. To find a GEICO agent near you, visit geico.com local. The first reading is from the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, observe what is right and do what is just. For my salvation is about to come, my justice about to be revealed. The foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, ministering to him, loving the name of the Lord and becoming his servants, all who keep the Sabbath free from profanation and hold my covenant, them I will bring to my holy mountain and make joyful noise in the house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. The word of the Lord. Our second reading is from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, I'm speaking to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am the apostle to the Gentiles. I glory in my ministry in order to make my race jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? For the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable. Just as you once disobeyed God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they have now disobeyed in order that by virtue of mercy shown to you, they too may now receive mercy. For God delivered all to the disobedience that he might have mercy upon all. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. 
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman of that district came and called out, Have pity on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not say a word in answer to her. Jesus' disciples came and asked him, Send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. Jesus said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came and did homage, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, It is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed at that hour. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't think we usually associate political incorrectness with Jesus. But today, in the Holy Scriptures, we could sort of look at him that way. If we look at him, as many in error do, to certain historical events, with the concept of social theory, concept of social theory is judging in the past by the, by the dictates of today. By the belief system of today, we go back into the past and we make judgments acronistically, incorrectly. If we were to do that today in reference to Jesus, we'd say, wow, boy, is he rude. He's being asked by a Canaanite woman to heal her son, her, her daughter. But we've got to figure the background here. Canaanites were people that were despised by the Jews. Jesus is on his way through Sidon and Tyre, and he's going to come across the Canaanite people in that route. You've got to think it's Jesus, don't forget. There were no accidents with Jesus. And the way the scripture authors present Jesus and his actions correlates with their idea of the mission and the evangelism that they're teaching us. Okay, so Jesus walks through this area and an enemy of the people, put it that way, someone despised by the Jews, and a woman. So we're going really politically incorrect. She has the audacity to speak to a Jewish man in public. Now, you and I don't think that's such a chaos or, or, or a scene to be discussed. Let me tell you, a few years ago, when I was a campus minister at William Patterson University, I worked a lot with all of the students, especially the ecumenical groups. So we had 
Christians who are non-Catholic, we have Catholics, of course, and other Protestant groups, we had Jews, we had Muslims. And I was pretty close to all the leadership of all those groups because we used to do a lot together, social work and outreach. One day we had a social event, you know, coffee, cake, whatever it was, and I met the girlfriend, fiancé, of the president of the Muslim Association. She looked just like a normal student. I think she had a veil, but nothing extraordinary, so she would, didn't stand out. And Abram introduced me to her, and what any of us, I think we would do, I extended my hand to shake her hand and say, hi, you know, welcome to William Patterson. And she jumped about five feet backwards. <laughs> I said, whoa. <laughs> I said to Abram, what was that all about? He says, well, Muslim women are not supposed to touch the hand of a man, especially not a Muslim man. Oops, I said. So I respected that and waved her and greeted her verbally. So, so some things are in the old-fashioned way, anachronisms in society. That isn't. Right here in our society, it would be. For me to not greet any of you, women or men, would be impolite. I know we don't, we're going through the COVID, so we don't touch each other's hands, and we don't get close contact. But other than that, it would be impolite if I didn't greet you coming and going into church. So now we have a Canaanite woman, enemy of the Jewish people, greeting, not only greeting, talking to Jesus, and then Jesus does him, her one better. She's asking for a favor. My daughter's ill. She calls him son of David. So now we have an acclamation of faith. We, we have this woman recognizing Jesus, probably by his, his reputation more than his face. They didn't have Twitter and Facebook, so she may not have realized what he looked like. But when the crowd was with him and he was teaching, she had the idea who he was. And she falls on her knees and says, Son of David, my daughter is sick with a demon. Whether the demon was the fever or any other illness, we don't know. But in those days, and well into the Middle Ages, if people were ill, they often thought, of themselves as being cursed by the devil or hurt by the devil. So she had a, a demon. She was ill. So Jesus talks to his apostle friends and says, you know, I, I'm here for the people of Israel. Now you got to realize what's going on here. Jesus, we know, looking back on his scriptures and his events. We know Jesus is the Son of God. We have faith in him. We come here because we believe that. But there's no evidence in scripture that Jesus from the birth to the cross knew exactly who he was as the Messiah. There's no evidence of the consciousness of Jesus in scripture. But we see it developed through the scripture. Don't forget when the apostles call him, you are the son of God, he says, don't tell anybody. So, son of God was a compliment to this man, this rabbi, Jesus, but also a, a, an indication of honor that anyone who was a son of God was close to God. 
was, was part of the heavenly host. So they took a chance on calling him son of God. One step further, she calls him son of David. So now his lineage is mentioned, and she realized that this guy is no ordinary healer. He's there, the Jews' ancestor, going back to David, son, son of David. Heal my daughter. So Jesus says, you know, I only came for the Jews. Uh, it, it wouldn't be right for, for me to feed non-Jews. And he says it even nastier than that. He says, it wouldn't be right to take food from the table and give it to the dogs. Politically incorrect. He was downright rude. It seems. But nothing in scriptures is an accident. Everything unfolds for a purpose. And her, as bold as she was, she comes back again. My grandmother used to say, Mangi Khan, not even the dogs. That's what Jesus was saying to her. And she says, no, no, no. Even the dogs are waiting for the scraps to fall from their master's table. So we have a few things going on here. It's good to look at sociology at times. This what she's not referring to wild dogs. She's not referring to feral animals in the streets. She's referring to dogs who were kept in the home. If she were referring to my dog, she's a little black dog. She's a puggle. Her name is Santa Ana, and she's a princess. And I treat her like that. I know it's a little off the wall, but she's special. And she doesn't eat off the table. She has her own dish, and she eats at the appropriate time that dogs eat in my house. So the woman is not insulted. She raises herself up in status and says, no, no, no. Treat me as if I were one of the family pets. Treat me like Skirty's pet, and then I'll really be treated well. She didn't say that. So, okay, Jesus takes that, which could have been like a one-upman show, a competition, he takes that as a sign of her faith. She understands Jesus. She understands what his role is. She understands that she's not a member of the house of David. But now we go back to Isaiah. And you heard the reading very few seconds ago, very beautifully composed. Isaiah 56, third Isaiah, it's called sometimes. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Isaiah is saying that, again, with the idea of social theory being a little awry, because prior to that he's saying, my law is just for the Jews. And everybody else who's not following the Jewish God, Yahweh, is out. They're not, well, we evangelize as Catholics. We've always evangelized. Now, sometimes, it's looked upon as proselytizing, going to people and saying, join my church, join my church. My church is the right church. And, and that's looked down upon. So our, that's why our example evangelizing has to be one of charity and love and respect for other people's religions. When, when that was written, they did not respect the other people's religions. I'm sorry. 
you weren't a Jew, you were nothing. You had false gods. And there's one phrase in scripture that even says, look, they're putting offerings in front of stone things that they think are gods, and those offerings are going nowhere. And that's from scripture. So scripture was, you want to use politically incorrect? Very politically incorrect. But for the time, thousands of years before Jesus, for the time. So the idea of Isaiah comes forward into the ministry of Jesus when he says something like, Isaiah says something like, my house shall be a house of prayer for all peoples. Now we go to Jesus, and we also go to Paul, who reminds us today in his Holy Scripture to the people of Rome, I am an apostle to the Gentiles. He explains that I was a Jew. He is a Jew. And had the Jews really accepted Jesus, I wouldn't be preaching to you. And now we have a development of the, of the role of Jesus. Jesus came to preach, to evangelize, to announce the kingdom. But again, did Jesus know in his consciousness that he was God? Little by little it developed, and you see that in Paul's referring back to him. That I was sent here for the Gentiles because the Jews missed the boat. They had Jesus. Jesus came to them. Every, everything would have been hunky-dory with the Jews if Jesus was listened to by the Jews and they all followed him. And they wouldn't have become Christians. They would have been better Jews, according to the theology of Paul and the ministry of Jesus. I'm not saying today the Jews have a calling and they are God's chosen people in many ways, and we respect that difference. But you see how the scriptures can often be interpreted in a way that's politically incorrect. So we have to understand the whole story, the whole background, the whole sociology of the period. And now we return to Jesus. Jesus opens the doors to the Gentiles. Jesus preaches. You think it was an accident that he went through enemy territory? No. He knew what he was doing. He came to respond to God's call, and he was inspired to go through the non-Jewish territory because he had to proclaim God there, too. He had to proclaim God's will there, too, to the non-Jews, to the Canaanites, to the world. And Paul uses that idea very clearly tonight in the Scriptures. You guys are Romans. Most of you are Gentiles, not even Roman Jews. But I'm here for you because of the ministry of Jesus. Now let's come back to the 21st century. About reading into yesterday, or a year ago, or 100 years ago, or 300 years ago, the concept of social theory today. They had slaves in the time of Jesus. Yep. Jesus knew slaves. And Jesus did not say, oh, got to free all the slaves. There's no such thing as slavery. It wasn't developed yet as a, a will of God that all people were made equal. The scriptures are very clear. All people were not made equal. If we stay fundamentalistically in the past, but as we 
practice and understand and pray the scriptures, we understand that there's a development of theology and a consciousness. And Jesus opens up our minds completely. Jesus brings the message full force to us. But if we look, even, even our social setting, if we look back 300 years ago and we say, this country, our own country, had slaves. All those people are evil. All those people who had slaves, some of them were evil. Some of them were not. But if we wipe everybody with the same brush, and we say all those people who had slaves, all the people who brought the slaves from, from Africa or the Caribbean here were all evil people. Some of them were. And if we read the history of slavery in the United States, we realize that some of the people who were brought over as slaves were treated disgracefully. And things would have gone on that way had we as a country and a political system not developed consciousness and not as a church developed our sense of Christ and developed as a church the fact that those doors here in our church are glass full-blown glass is not an accident. It's meant to invite everyone out there in here. It's meant to tell people out there, look in here, look what we are doing. We are worshiping God who came for all people. Maybe a few blocks down there's a Baptist church. Maybe a few blocks down there's a, another denomination. Doesn't matter. Our doors are open because God's own words, my house, so sh shall be a place of prayer for all peoples. And the person who epitomizes that is Jesus. No, he wasn't politically correct. He was very insightful. Insightful enough to get you and me to scratch our heads today, 21st century, and say, wow, Jesus can really teach if, when he wants to. Sometimes he teaches by example, sometimes parable, and today he preaches and teaches by irony. To get you and me to think about that Canaanite woman 2,000 years ago and realize she showed faith in God. And that our ministry today as Catholics is to still encourage ourselves, one another, and everyone out there, that our ministry is to follow Jesus Christ to the Father. The reason he came to bring us to the house of prayer, his Father's house. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. 
University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.